remain standing with me as we go to the Word of God this morning. As we go to the Word of God today. Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. And the Word of God says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. Everyone say, work it. Work it. Take care. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it's not good. Shout, not good. The Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God hath formed out of the ground all the beasts of the fields and all the birds of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was the name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the fields. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. And brought her to the man. I want to go back to verse 18. The Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. God said, It's not good. So, as we preach this morning on this subject, that's not good. We're going to learn this morning. Why such a perfect God allows a no good situation in your life. Let's pray. Father, bless this word. Open our hearts to understand. Help me preach and help us listen in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have this. Are you guys ready for this word this morning? How many of you say, Pastor, I need a good word this morning? All right, I'm about to bring it. That is not good. I want to start off by just telling you guys about something interesting I recently found out. I started doing some research on planting and trees. And I found out about a bamboo plant. Now, bamboo can grow to be over 100 feet tall. It's used to make houses and building it. They use it for construction in China. It's strong. It's built tough. It grows 
four feet a day. It's one of the strongest, fastest growing plants in the world. But what's interesting about a bamboo tree is that it doesn't start off so strong. In fact, it doesn't grow that fast. Not only is the bamboo tree one of the fastest growing trees in the world, it starts off being one of the slowest growing trees in the world. In fact, if you would plant a bamboo tree, you will not notice a single sprout, a breakthrough through the soil for over five years. Five years of nothing. And as you go out to your field for your bamboo trees, not only are you not going to see nothing, you have to water it every day. If a bamboo tree fails to get water in just one day, it will die. So the bamboo tree farmer goes out into the field and plants his seed with excitement. He plants his seed and he knows that it's going to be a tree one day. But for five years, that farmer sees nothing. And for five years, that farmer goes out and waters the field. The field of nothing. The farmer gets something next day and he goes back out to nothing to plant what seems nothing and water nothing. Can you imagine what everyone else would say to you if you were that farmer? Suppose that you're that farmer and everyone in your neighborhood and your family members, they're looking at you and they're saying, what are you up to? Oh, I'm planting me a bamboo tree. But they see nothing. And one year goes by, they see you again every day watering and they say, hey, how's it going? It's going great, but I don't see anything. Yeah, but something's going to happen. And one year goes by, nothing. Two years goes by, nothing. By that point, everyone thinks that you are the craziest bamboo farmer in all of Miami because they're looking at you every day, go out and water, but nothing comes out. And every day you go out and water and nothing comes out. And one year goes by, two years goes by, Three years go by, and everyone's saying, are you going to keep watering that field? Are you going to stop and give up? You've been doing the same thing for years, and nothing has changed. Nothing has grown, and you're still going to water that plant, and you're going to say, yep, I'm still going to water this plant, even though I see nothing. And four years go by, and nothing, and everyone's laughing at you, everyone's criticizing you, everyone's discouraging you. Why? Because you are the worst farmer ever. Because you go out every day and water and get nothing. But here's the interesting thing about a bamboo tree. Before a bamboo tree can break through, the roots grow real deep. And the, you don't see the nothing in the surface. 
But underneath the surface, the roots of a bamboo tree are growing so deep and so strong because if not, it will not be able to contain and hold together when that breakthrough happens and that tree is a hundred feet tall. The reason the roots are so deep is because God made it that way to support what's going to happen. You see, this is what God does in your life. There's going to be some things in your life you're going to see nothing come out of. You're going to see no results, no change. It's going to look like you're stuck. But see, what God does in our lives is that before God can bring what He has for you on the outside, He works on the surface and the inside. He begins to prepare you on the inside for what's going to happen. And when a breakthrough happens, I'm going to give you a little bamboo breakthrough. Ready? So when a breakthrough happens, and that bamboo tree finally sprouts and comes out, and there's a breakthrough, it grows faster than when it was planted. The breakthrough is so fast that when that farmer goes out and it was four feet one day, it's going to be eight feet the next and 12 feet the next. And before you know it, a few months later, he looks at that tree and it is over a hundred feet tall. And everyone that laughed at you and everyone that discouraged you and everyone that said it's never going to grow, it's never going to change, they're going to look at you and say, hey, are you hiring them right now? Can I borrow some of that bamboo? And you're going to look at all your enemies and say, how do you like me now? That's what a real Christian says. Church, that's why. You can't give up in the seasons of nothing. I wonder what your field looks like. What you're trying to start. What you're trying to plant. A dream, a desire. Can you go out thinking this is my year? Things are going to get better. Things are going to change. What do you do when it seems like you're stuck? And you go out and you see nothing. And you thought things would get better. But nothing. Nothing is so scarce. Because you wonder if it's ever going to happen. Nothing is so discouraging because you feel like you're a failure. Nothing will tell you it will never change. So you want to give up. But God says nothing is impossible. And I like to think that that verse means that God can do anything, yes, but when I read that verse, I also like to believe that when God looks at you, He said, nothing, that's impossible. I'm always up to something. That was a great amen. I was really expecting, you know, yeah, great. I'll keep preaching. I'll keep preaching. No, it's too late now. I'll keep preaching. But nothing is scary. 
How do you know you're in a bamboo season? Well, let me give you a little bamboo diagram, a little bamboo graphic here for a second. Put it up for me. little bamboo season. Things are bad. Amen? Things are so bad, you're afraid. You're so afraid, you get mad. Why? Well, I'm mad at myself because I'm a failure. Nothing is changing. Everything is bad. I'm mad at them because I am where I am because of their choices, their sin, their mistake. And I'm just mad at life. I'm mad at my situation. I'm mad at our country. I'm mad at the government. I'm mad at my boss. I'm mad at my spouse. I'm mad at everyone. I'm just mad. So everything is bad. I'm afraid. I'm mad. And deep down inside, I'm just broken. My faith is broken. My courage is broken. My hope is broken. And I'm overwhelmed. The pressure of making something happen out of nothing overwhelms me, Pastor. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm overwhelmed because people are looking up to me and something has to happen. But what do you do when things are bad and you're afraid and mad and broken and overwhelmed? You get offended. At who? Well, you get offended at God. God, I thought by now you would have done something. God, why is it that you do something for everyone else, but with me, I get, fill in the blank, nothing. And everyone else seems to be getting something, and I'm getting nothing. And you make it easier for everyone else, but not me, God. And that, that describes any of you today. You're in a bamboo season. A bamboo season is when you see nothing happening. And you might get, say, man, things are bad. You might be afraid. You might be mad. You might be broken, overwhelmed, and offended. But let me tell you why God puts you and I in a bamboo season. Because God, before he can bring things to the surface, and on the outside where you can physically see what God is doing, God begins to work on the inside of you because if God brings what he has for you on the outside before he prepares you on the inside, your inside is going to ruin what's on the outside. God has to work on your character. God has to work on who you are as a person. God has to work in the heart. And why does God do that? Because he prepares you for what's about to come. And God says, I have a hundred foot bamboo on the way but if i put a hundred feet of bamboo with no roots it's going to fall apart so before i can bring to you what i have for you i have to work inside you so god begins to work on our character the church doesn't talk about character anymore we talk about the outside how god's going to bless you how god's going to increase you how god's going to give you and i believe that with all my heart But before God can even bring what he has predestined for you, God is more concerned with your hearts. He's more concerned of who you are on the inside. And part of the reason that you see nothing is because God is working out deeper rooted issues that's inside you that you don't even know about. You might say, Pastor, I want a boyfriend. I want a girlfriend. I want to get married. But God has me single. I see nothing out there. And maybe you're in a season of nothing because God says you got a bad attitude. You're impatient. 
You're selfish. And I got a hundred foot of bamboo man for you. And if I bring him or her to your life and you are shallow in the roots, honey, you're going to destroy him with your attitude, your selfishness. God says, I have for you. But I got to work underneath. And I want to tell you so clearly today, the longer God has you with nothing, the more He has for you. Come. You better receive that this morning. The longer you see nothing, the more God has. Come. You can't give up when you're in a season of nothing. But you feel like giving up. 13 years at our church. And we called it when we first started, they told me it's a church plant. I get it now. It's not a church plant, it's a church bamboo. I'm thinking now we're going to call ourselves Bamboo Fellowship. Because when I planted this church, I thought I would come one Sunday, preach one sermon, go home, come back next Sunday, Whoa! And everything was going to change and the world would go forward and lives would be transformed. But I didn't know I went to Bamboo Fellowship. And God was laughing at me because who I was when I was 23 is not who I am when I'm almost 40. And I had no idea then, but I see it now. If God would have grown the church then, I would have destroyed it because my heart wasn't ready. I don't care how talented you are, how anointed you think you are, how great you are at what you do. God says, man, look at the outside. I look at the heart. And if you ain't ready, I'm going to keep you there waiting. And for years, every Sunday, preaching to the same people. People with the same problems. Same issues. Wednesday night, Sunday morning, counseling. This person's mad at that person. Pastor, fix them. Pastor, we need you. Pastor, you got to do this. Pastor, you better bring it this weekend because you got to preach good. Pastor, pastor, we need you. We need it. And every Sunday, and I'm looking and looking, and there's nothing. Don't give up. Galatians 6 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. Right now, you're doing good. God has you doing something good. That good might be being married to someone, raising children, working at a job, working in a ministry. God has you doing something good. But see, God is honest to write this in Galatians to a church. He says, do not become weary in doing good. For at the proper what? Time. At the proper time. We will reap a harvest. Here's the warning, however, church. 
We will reap a harvest. Say it with me. We will reap a harvest. Say it loud and proud. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Who gets the harvest? Let me tell you who don't hold it. Let me, let's rephrase it. Who doesn't get the harvest? The quitters. How many quitters do I have in this church? You can't quit. You can't quit, but I'm tired. God knows you're tired. But he says you can't quit. You can't give up. Church, you can't give up on your dreams. Just because you see nothing. You can't give up on yourself. You're trying to change something about yourself. You're trying to become a better person. And you fail. You make mistakes. You fall into sin. You can't give up. You can't give up on your marriage. You're in a season. You're married to a bamboo man or a bamboo woman. You gotta keep working it. You gotta keep trying. You gotta keep believing and not give up because that's what marriage is all about. Not giving up and putting in the work. You can't give up raising your little bamboo kids that seem like they're never gonna get it. They're never gonna change. They're never gonna grow. They're never going to mature. You can't give up on your children. You can't give in and say, devil, you can have them. you got to tell God, these are my kids that you gave me, Lord, and I'm not giving up on them. I will put in all the work to make sure these kids grow up to love God. You can't grow, You can't give up on the people in your life that are lost and don't know Jesus right now. You may be married to them. You may be going to work with them. You may have friends that are unsaved and you're saying, man, I'm trying to do the good work, Pastor. I'm trying to invite them. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to give them a good example. I'm trying to do the right thing. And every time I try and try and invite them, they want nothing to do with God. They want nothing to do with church. They want nothing to do with Jesus. And I don't know if I'm going to keep inviting them. I don't know if I'm going to keep telling them about the Lord. And pastor, I want to give up. Don't give up. I know you're tired, God says. But at a proper time, you will reap a harvest. And when you see that harvest, of all your hard work, come out. You're going to look back at all the seasons of nothing. You're going to look back at all the hard work. And you will say, I am so glad I never gave up. I am so thankful my pastor told me not to give up. I am so grateful I go to a church that doesn't give up. Why? Because quitters don't get the harvest. Those that keep putting in the work. So be that crazy bamboo farmer. Go out into the field of your dreams. The field is your family, your marriage, your children, your desires. And you go and be obedient. You pour yourself into it. You do the work. And even though you see nothing, 
You stay consistent. You stay obedient. You do the work. You do the word of God. You keep doing it until God says, that is enough. Now is the time. Prepare for the harvest. Don't give up. Because things are bad. Don't give up because you're afraid. Don't give up because you're mad. Broken. Overwhelmed. Or even offended. Do the work. Verse 18. The Lord God said, it's not good. It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. We read this all the time, but we don't understand. Adam doesn't know that this conversation is going on. God is talking between the Trinity himself. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's not tacking to Adam. He's not saying to Adam, Adam, I know where you're in. I know the situation of your life. But God is having a conversation with himself. The Trinity. And he's looking down on Adam. He said, this isn't good. You see, we focus on all the good things God did during creation. And God said it was good. He created the light, said it was good. He created the ocean and said it was good. But see, here's where we fail to really read the Bible. God looked at Adam and said to himself, this isn't good. Let me tell you this morning that if God looked down from heaven onto Adam on earth, you better believe me this morning that God is looking down on you now. And He sees what is not good in your life. He sees the no good situation that you're in. And I can only imagine how many situations in your life are not good right now. He didn't say, oh, this is not good, but you know, Adam, you'll get over it. Oh, Adam, this isn't good, guys, but you know what? It'll figure itself out. Oh, this isn't good, but I don't think we can do anything about it, guys. God did not say that. God looks down at Adam. Said, this is not good. God sees you and what's not good in your life. Let me give you an example. God sees you on Monday. And you get up with your no good attitude. He sees it. You're like, what? He sees you going to that no good job of yours. How many of you have a no good job right now? I can't raise my hand because I'm a pastor. I can't do that, but. You're going to a no good job. 
fighting this no good traffic because I live in this no good city, Miami. Gosh, I hate it. And you're going to this new no good job to work with no good people. God sees the no good people do to you. The no good that people say. The no good that is unfair. And God sees the no good people you work for. So that at the end of the week, you get this check and it's a no good pay. So now I have this no good pay from this no good job where I work with no good people to come home to a no good marriage with this no good husband or wife of mine to raise these no good kids of ours who don't appreciate all the good that I do for them. Now it's Sunday and we got to go to church and be with other no good people. And while we're there, kids, you better pretend everything's all good. So we're going to go to church and someone's going to say, how are you doing? You better straighten up and say, oh, I'm good. But God looks at you. He says, no, you're not. Your situation's not good right now. God sees it. God knows it. He looks at Adam and says, this is not good. But in going back to verse 18, he says, the Lord God said it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make, let me say that again, I will make a helper suitable for him. Church, not only does God see and know the no good in your life, God sees and knows and plans how to fix it. How to change it. God is not worried about the no good situation. God is not anxious about the no good situation. God looks at the no good situation. He's aware of the no good situation. And he tells himself, I will make something out of this. God's going to change it. Adam doesn't know it yet. But God is very aware of the no good situation in your life. I want to tell someone this morning, God sees you. And yeah, he sees the no good you're up to. That's a whole other sermon. I'm not preaching that this morning. I want to say that God sees you. And he says the no, he sees the no good you've gone through. He sees the no good of people and what you've had to endure. He knows the situations in your life aren't good and God cares. The devil will lie to you and say God doesn't care. God has forgotten you. God has made a mistake. 
But God is very aware of the no good situation in your life. And he has a plan. Give him praise in the house today. He has a plan. But here's the problem. Look at verse 18. Again, God looks at Adam and says, it's not good for a man to be alone. I will. That's the problem. God says, I'm aware of the no good situation in your life. I have a plan. But the fact that God says, I will. Church, I'm sorry to tell you this, but it means not now. He doesn't say not ever. He says not now. Verse 22. Yes, we all read this and say, Hallelujah, the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. It's easy for us to look at this and say, hey, God did it. Adam, you were in a no good situation. You were alone and single. And by verse 22, God just brought her to you. And pastors preach this all the time wrong. We say, oh, you know what? God knew you had a need and God met your need. God knew you were alone, Adam, and he brought you a woman. That is not what the Bible says. It's easy for us to get caught in the breakthrough. It's easy for us to say, well, look, God came through. God brought the woman. Amen. God delivered. She was so amazing. That's why she's called woman. Because Adam took one look at her and said, whoa, man, she's awesome. And God said, I like that woman. Yeah. Kidding. That's not what happened. But in verse 18, God says, it's, it's not good for a man to be alone. Amen. Verse 22, God brings him a woman, amen? But how many of you know between 18 and 22, there are numbers missing? Amen? That's the will part. I will. What's the word that was in me? Not now. What am I going to do now, Lord? You're going to wait. There are three verses. Let's do it together. There's 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Three verses we Christians don't preach about. We like the fact that God knows our problems and God fixes our problem, but there is a season of in-between. You guys follow me? What happened in three verses? Now, if you read the Bible, you know a lot can happen in three verses, right? In three verses, God can split the sea, raise the dead, bring fire down from heaven, destroy armies. I've seen God do more in one verse than in three. Imagine three. A lot can happen. See, God says it's not good for a man to be alone. That's verse 18. But what did Adam do while he was stuck in this no good situation? You're not going to like what Adam did. A lot of people don't. But let me tell you something, church. Adam was alone. It was not good. But God did that on purpose. And I might get stones thrown at me now, emails written, 
Or this is the part you shut out. But I got to preach it like it is. And some of the no good situations in your life were done by God on purpose. We serve a good God, but that doesn't mean everything in your life is going to go good. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is what? Good. And God works all things for good. Yes, amen. But just because we serve a good God doesn't mean you're always going to have a good life. Life is hard. Life will slap you. Bring you to your knees. God did it on purpose. You want proof? Okay. Verse 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the what? The man. That's it. Did God put Eve there as well? No. God put him there alone. That no good situation was put there by God. Verse 15. The Lord God took the man, not the man and the woman, because God didn't put Eve yet. The Lord God took the man and put him where? In the garden. Alone. When God said it's not good to be alone, and I'm thinking, in my flesh, if it ain't good, why are you doing it, God? Can I get a witness? If it's not good to be alone, why didn't she come in verse 15? Why didn't you bring her now, God, if it's not good for me to be alone? Why do I have to wait all the way to verse 22? Why can't you do it on verse 8? You get it now, church? Some of the no good situations in your life have been by your own choices. Other sermons. But some of the no good situations in your life have been put there by God for a purpose. What did Adam do during the no good situation? Well, verse 15. The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden. God knows it's not good to be alone. I know your situation. But Adam, I'm going to put you in this garden to what? Not just work, to what? Not just take it, no, to what? Read it. Read it with a finger snap. Work it. <laughs> Come on, try it. Read it. Do it with me. And God put him in the garden to? Work it. No, you got to snap it. And God put him in the garden to? Work it. That's what he did. I know a lot of people don't like to work anymore. My generation's been lazy. The next generation, God help them. No good. But God put him in the garden and said, Adam, I'm very aware you're single. I don't like it. I'm very aware that you're alone. I know it's not good. But Adam, I will make her for you. But until then, I'm going to put you here. And boy, you better work it. 
And I want to tell someone this morning, you're lazy. Because you're waiting for your breakthrough, but you want to do nothing. And you know what God says to us this morning? While you're waiting for me to bring your breakthrough, I have put you here to do work. You better work with what you have. You better work where God has placed you. If God has placed you in a no good job, you better work it so good you get promoted and out of that no good job. If God has given you no good children, you better work it so hard and raise them so right that you better understand you look back at your kids and say, I, I worked too hard, didn't I? He worked. Where has God placed you this morning, church? Whatever no good situation you have, work with what you have. Work with what you have. Our church should know this better than anyone. In every season in our lives, no matter what we went through, we say, well, we'll work with it. When we had no church at all, and we had Maria's living room, we'll say, well, work it. We always work with what we have. And God is going to place you in life in a no good situation, in a no good season, where he's saying to Adam, like he's saying to you, all you have to do is wait for what I have for you. But until then, work with what I've given you. Work. You're waiting for that person to find Jesus and get saved. That's great. But while you're there with them, you better put in the work and be a testimony and bless them and look and let them see what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Wherever God has placed you, you may not like it. You may not want it. You may not agree with it. But if you work it and you're faithful to what God has given you, God can give you more. God says when you're faithful in the little, I will give you more. So Adam was in a no good situation. But one of the things he did was work. And he had to do it alone. Look at verse 20. Look at the job he had. It was a tough job. So the man gave names to all the livestock. One of Adam's responsibility was to name the animals. That was his job. I said, when I, write, when I read this, I said, God, you could have done that. You could have named them. And I did a lot of study on this. Trying to figure out why God did not name the animals and gave man. And everyone gives a spiritual, oh, because man has dominion over them. No, it's more than that. You want to know why, church? It's sad. He was working it. <laughs> he said, I want you to go and name the animals. So let's read it together. So the man gave names to all the livestock, all the birds, all the air, all the air, all the beasts of the field. Here's a violin, ready? But for Adam, no suitable help was found. God did something else. God said, Adam, I want you to name all the animals. Adam's like, why can't you do it? Because I asked you to do it. All right. But Adam picked something up while he was naming the animals. Why does it say that Adam 
was naming the animals and no suitable helper was found. I always thought it was because of all, among all the animals, he was looking for a mate. And some of you say, yeah, that's my dating life, Pastor. I'm going through the animals right now, hoping I find the one. But that's not what happened. When he's named, when he's seen all the animals and naming them, you know what Adam's noticing? They got partners. They're male and female. And see, some of these animals, they're the perfect couple. Have you ever been in a place where you see other people blessed with what you have, with what you want? And he's looking at all the animals together. And Adam's noticing one thing. Why don't I have that? Why am I missing my part? He sees the eagle and the eagles are mating for life. He says, Lord, I want that. The penguins, the dolphins, all these animals that you read about, and they all are together for life. I think it's beautiful. I remember my first time hunting. I was sad because I had to shoot a female deer, a doe. And she was walking with a buck. And I pulled that trigger. If you're sensitive, you're most. And she went down. And I had a tear thinking, I just ruined this marriage. I just ruined this partnership. I can't believe it. Within five minutes, that buck had another one. That but I'm not exaggerating. I shot. I have a picture. I'm not going to put it up. But I have a picture of four hanging female deers because of one buck. And he kept bringing them by. I thought that by the third time, I thought he was just doing it on purpose. Hey, take her out too. I don't want to. Why? Some animals made for life. Other ones, you might be married to a buck, honey. The minute you're gone, he's moving on. So I know the women are looking at their husband. They say, no, 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 honey, honey, I'm a penguin. I'm a penguin. So you and me for life. Eagle. <laughs> but Adam's noticing that he has no partner. But God had a purpose for him working. You know what God says in Colossians 3.23? He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for one. For men. God may have you in a season where you're seeing other, everyone else blessed with what you want, with what you need. And that must have been hard for Adam. Because when Adam was naming the animals, that's when he realized, wait a minute, God, something's missing in my life. Wait a minute, God, this isn't good. Until I had this job, I thought I was fine. But now that I see all the animals together, where's my animal? Where's my partner? But God did that on purpose so that he would see he had a need. But what I love about Adam, church, is that even though he was in a no-good situation, he was obedient and worked for the Lord. No matter where he was at in his life, he said, I am doing this for the Lord. And here's the point of this message. You may be in a no-good situation that you don't understand why, but when you trust in God, you keep putting in the work, you keep putting in the effort, and wait till God says, now 
I can bring you what I have. Three things happen. Adam worked while he waited. Verse 21, Adam rested. In verse 21, the Bible says the Lord caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And here's the thing. Sometimes you have to work at something. And other times, you have to rest in the Lord. And you are trying to work something out. And you're trying to fix it. And you're trying to change it. But sometimes God says, you have done enough. Now, let me work and you need to rest. You do what you can do and lead God to the rest. Adam needed a partner. And he was in a world where there was no one at all. And God says, I can still bring you something. I can still change this situation. Adam recognized when it was time to work and when it was time to rest in God. The Bible says that Adam was in a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place of flesh. You realize, church, that the solution that God had for his no good problem was always inside of Adam. Why is it so important we learn this? God took Adam, put him to sleep, said, Adam, you have a need in your life. Your situation's not good right now. And I want to close with this. Pay attention. You're in a no good situation. But Adam, it's time for you to rest. And let me work. And I wondered this morning, who needs to hear this? You need to rest. He's very aware of where you're at and you are. And while he was resting, God took a rib out of him. The Bible says the word side. Of all the body parts, he used the side of the rib. Why? Because when God would form a woman from the side of a man, why the side? He would let man know that a man and a woman are side by side. They're equal. They're equal, side by side. And God says, Adam, I'm going to put someone by your side. Equal. But Adam, I know you're in a no-good situation, and I see you there working, wondering, God, when is it my turn? God, you gave the animals a partner. What about me? God, you're doing it for them, but what about me? And there came a point that Adam rested. And I don't know what your no good situation is. But once you've done the work you can, it's time for God to do the rest. And rest in the Lord. And the no good situation was transformed and it was changed because God took something out of Adam. And I want to just preach this on a side note. Some of the no good situations in your life can change one once God gets a handle and touch. And he takes things out of it. For Adam, it was a rib he took out. For you, it might be anger. 
And God says, you better rest and trust me because once I get out this anger out of you, it's going to transform your life forever. Once I get this bitterness out of you, once I get this resentment out of you, this lust out of you, once I get this, and someone is here this morning and you're at a place where you want to see your life change because maybe the no good situation is you. And everything you have in your life is because of the no good choices you're making. You need to enter a place of rest and say, Lord, get it out of me if it's going to change my life. And God put Adam into a place of rest. Church, you can rest in the Lord. He knows your no good situation. And you may be in a season where you don't see anything like the bamboo tree. But underneath the surface, God is working. You just have to wait for the breakthrough. And when the breakthrough happens, get ready. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. You guys received this word this morning. If you're in a no-good situation right now, would you put that hand up and say, Pastor, this is me. I'm in a no-good situation. God bless you. See your hand. With every head bow and every eye closed. What are you doing about it? Are you making it work? Or are you resting? I know right now you're in a season where you want to quit and give up because you don't see anything changing. And you're wondering, how is it that a good God can allow such a not-so-good situation in my life? But remember, the situation that God said was not good was actually God doing it on purpose. And there was a season that, that Adam needed to be alone with God. There was a season that Adam needed to make it work. And maybe you haven't seen your breakthrough yet, but God says now is the time where you just work with what you have. And I guarantee something today, church. When Adam took one look at his wife, the reason that God did not create Adam and Eve together, but Adam first, is because Adam needed to be alone for a while. Adam needed to be with God for a while. But I guarantee you that when that woman came by his side, Adam looked at her and he appreciated her more than ever. You see, God allows us to wait and to go without so that when he brings it out, you appreciate it more. That's why God allows cancer in your life so that when he heals you, you appreciate life. That's why God allows you to be single so long so when he brings someone to you, you appreciate them more. That's why God allows you to lose a job so that when he gets you another one, you appreciate it more. And sometimes the Lord allows you to go without for a season so that when he brings it, you will say, Lord, I appreciate this so much. You better be more appreciative of what God has given us. And stop looking at what you don't have, where you haven't reached yet, and look at where you're at and say, Lord, I will work it. And rest, knowing you're in control. You guys received this prayer. Give God some praise this morning. Let's pray together as a church. Come on, would you grab that hand of that person next to you across the church? Come on, we're going to pray as a church today because we're in Bamboo Fellowship this morning. Across the aisles. I love it. Across the aisles today. Church family, across the aisles. Across the aisles means across the aisles. 
Come on, church. Church, do you appreciate this church? Come on, do you appreciate this church? Let's all bow our heads in reverence and prayer. Father, I thank you for this church. On the outside and the surface, it may not seem like much. We're just a little church in Hialeah. But Father, I declare in the name of Jesus, underneath the surface, there's something powerful happening. I pray for every man and every woman in this room today who's going through a bamboo season where things are bad, they're angry, they're mad, afraid, broken, overwhelmed, offended. Not knowing what's going to happen, they want to give up because they're tired, Lord. But like Adam, Lord, we have learned that some of the no-good situations in our lives have been brought by you so that we will appreciate it more when the breakthrough happens. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person's here, the problems that are no good, the dreams that they have, the situations that they're facing. Give us the strength to endure, the strength to wait for the breakthrough, Lord. If it takes years, we will wait. If it takes a lifetime, we will water. We will be obedient. We will make it work. Father, bless us with patience, strength, and wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Give God some praise today.